Hello, animation fans, and welcome to another iAnimate podcast. I'm your host, Larry Vasquez, and you're listening to episode 84. In this episode, we have Roy Stein joining us. Uh, Roy is one of our feature alumni, and uh, he's been animating as a lead animator for many studios here, Cinecite, Braun, Latelier. Um, he's worked as an animator over at Blue Sky Studio, Micros, and has had the opportunity to work on such films as Little Prince, The Willoughbys, and Ferdinand. Um, it was a really neat opportunity to get Roy in here, um, one being one of our alumni. It's always neat to catch up with uh, where our, our students have been, um, and as well as uh, hearing from his experience kind of growing up in the animation industry. Um, he has also produced one of his own uh, shorts, which was really, really cool, called Too Late. Um, it was neat to see the cast list on that, some of our other alumni uh, joining him on that. And so this just made for a really cool podcast to catch up with one of our uh, alumni students, see what they've been doing in the industry, as well as uh, their learning curve here. Um, so definitely check this one out. All right, let's jump into it. All right. All right, Roy. Well, thank you so much for joining us in this podcast. It's a real treat to have you in here. Um, again, looking at your uh your LinkedIn resume there, you've got a really cool um, resume from studios you've worked on or at and projects you've worked at on, as well as being one of our alumni. So that's always a neat treat to get one of our iAnimate alumni in on these podcasts as well. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That's awesome. Fun. Well, um, let's kind of, I always like kind of go back to um, how things kind of got started, what genesis for you for animation. I think it's always just kind of intriguing. Um, I kind of bring this example up sometimes, you know, our, our uh, head of animation, uh, Jason Ryan, um, who's been in the industry for decades now, um, mm-hmm. at one time was going to be an accountant. So, so I always think it's kind of funny how, where people kind of came from. Um, so I'd like to hear the kind of the backstory. How did you get into animation? Well, I got into animation a little bit later. Um, it was a bit of a roundabout way uh, to really uh, kind of click in. I started, I always drew. So I always knew that, you know, I'm going to some, somehow find a way to get paid for, you know, doing art. Uh, but animation uh, as a profession was not something that I was aware that really existed for me uh, growing up in Israel. It wasn't, the industry was just not, um, not there. Um, it was um, more of a bespoke custom stop motion and 2D, uh, but not a, a very, very small industry. So to me, it was mostly about uh, trying to do my best to kind of uh, find a way to get a degree in something that's resembling art and uh-huh. then try and find a gig. Um, so I studied uh, something called visual communication uh, at the Academy uh, of Art in Israel in Betelel. And okay. um, that's basically a mishmash of a lot of different things. It's just like art direction, illustration, and photography, and topography. You kind of learned a little bit about a lot of things. Gotcha. Um, and then at the end of it, or um, I should say junior year, so the third year, uh, I got a chance to go to the States. Uh, and uh, It was this exchange student program at uh, MICA in Maryland. Um, and over there, I was able to focus really on illustration, uh, which I thought that's, that would be my ideal trajectory, just doing like children's books or, you know, general, um, you know, uh, more journalistic type illustration. Um, but one of the classes that I took was also introduction, introduction to 3D animation. Very cool. Uh, and that really opened my eyes because at the time, this is a long time ago. This is like 2003. Okay. <laughs> uh, 
this was like just intro to 3D Max. It was no, not really anything animated. It was basically learning how to texture, how to model, how to light, all those super basic concepts of, of kind of training your brain to yeah, yeah. what 3D is really. Um, and it was mind blowing because it, it gave me this, this other um, cool way to create things. So I brought this back home with me and that led me to basically um, go into a generalist uh, mode. They're in Israel? In Israel, doing commercials. Uh, and basically, I, I had to do everything, which is, you know, model, rig, animate, light, whatever. Uh -huh. Everything to a very mediocre level. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, with a, with a, a turnaround time of commercials, you have to. Um, so it, um, it taught me a lot. But at the end of the day, it was not as satisfying as I'd liked it to be. Um, I, my heart was still with animation. Um, so after a good few years of doing that, uh, I just, um, I met this, uh, this friend who, who worked with me back in London. I was already working in London at the time in the UK. And, uh, he said, there's this school called, uh, animate that just opened up, uh, and you should, uh, you know, you should take a look and, and think about it because I, I told him that I really wanted to, um, focus more on character animation and performance. And I really didn't know what, how to channel that into sustaining some sort of a, you know, of a workability, you know, because I was working at the time and I was, um, I was doing okay. I was doing well for, for myself in commercials, but my heart was just not in it. Um, so, yeah. So I got in touch with uh, Jason Ryan. Uh, this was 20, beginning of 2011, I think. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. Yeah. I was block three. Okay. So I was going to say, yeah, 2010 is when we opened up, but that was um, probably the fall. So mm -hmm. then you probably had a, maybe a winter, maybe that would have probably been like the spring then, huh? Yes. Yeah. Okay. yeah. May of, of 2011. 2011. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah so uh, that was uh, so much fun and so challenging because I was still in, in the UK and all my instructors was were on the West Coast. <laughs> so, so you're one of the hardcore dedicated ones that uh, were having to get up early, huh? I had, I had to be, it was basically either you get up in the middle of, not, of the night, no matter what, the question is whether you go back to sleep after or not. <laughs> <laughs> and in most cases, uh, it was so, I felt so inspired, um, you know, with adrenaline and learning the stuff that, really wanted to do that you couldn't go back to sleep. Uh -huh. Destroyed at work. Throughout the day. Um, so that was, that was interesting. That was an interesting year. Very uh, funny. So who were some of your instructors, just out of curiosity? Uh, my first instructor was Mike Walling. All right. That was my uh, first instructor too. Yeah. Yeah. He's he was, awesome. He is. Uh, and then I went through a couple of workshops with Ken. Uh, I had Ken Fountain too. Yep. Yep. He's fantastic. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Jacob Gardner was one of my instructors. And then um, my uh, final instructor was Ted. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but when I when I took his class, I was already moving to um, to Canada. So I got an offer based on my um, my reel. What I was still at iAnimate was still taking classes. Uh, I was um, I was given an offer to come to Toronto to work in uh, visual effects as an okay. animator. This was a big move for me because it was first of all another step away from you know commercials, but also just focus on animation. So it was it was great. 
it was really cool to be able to just, you know, not rig and model and, and <laughs> calm for a bit and just focus on this and, and see how it goes. Um, so while I was doing the second part of, was it uh, workshop seven, I think, or six, I forget, uh, with Ted, which was the, the last workshop. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I was also kind of moving continents and starting a new gig and, <laughs> uh, yeah, so it was, it was really challenging, but, uh, um, yeah, I got to work on four, three or four, uh, VFX shows. Which again, in, in the in the language of, of feature animation, it's really weird because it was I was there for uh, ten months before I moved on to the next gig, and and in ten months I worked on four films. Wow, wow! <laughs> so and that's kind of the VFX, you know, fast kind of very turn. fast pace. Yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. what were some of the projects you worked on there? Uh, there were a bunch of reboots. Uh, so we did the reboot for Carrie, which is the horror film from seventies. Okay. Reboot for Robocop. Okay. Uh, um. And then there were, it was like this disaster movie called Pompeii um, and um, something of a kind of a monster teen film that was uh, in, the, in the vicinity of, of uh, Twilight, but more gory. It, okay. It didn't really take off, but it was, it was based on another kind of a series of books. So same idea. So lots of monsters and, and weird things and, and magic and stuff like that. Very so, cool got to animate a bunch of different things from robots to monsters and stuff. But uh, to me, my heart was like, I, I wanted to dialogue. I want to do performance. Right, right. I want to do, um, do feature animation. So as I finished um, the, the, the final, uh, final um, workshop with Ted, um, I just wanted to keep doing or uh, making uh, animated uh, clips that, that were performance-based. Uh, and I heard about this 11 second club thing. So I decided to do a couple of those, which was, were really, really fun. Um, and I got an offer to move to Montreal. So I moved again and this time uh, to Micros um, to work on um, a film they made uh, called Mune, the Guardian of the Moon. Right, right. Which uh, not a lot of people know about. <laughs> <laughs> I know about it. I haven't had a chance to see it. My kiddos uh, had seen it and liked it, uh, but I knew you worked with on it. Um, and then a couple of other of our um, students, um, Amanda or uh, Amanda and Boris. Uh, yeah, I think uh, Boris for sure. I can't remember if Amanda worked on it. Okay. Maybe, maybe we're gotcha. all. Gotcha. I couldn't quite remember, but yeah, I knew a few of you guys had worked on that. It was looked great. Uh, but that also led into their next feature, right? Which is right. So Mew Mew was great as kind of a you know training wheels and 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 being you know able to do performance shots um, with dialogue finally in production and getting paid for it, which is <laughs> like uh, finally what I wanted to do. Hit the ground uh, now, huh? So that was that was great because I got a bunch of different characters, a bunch of different situations. You know, uh, you have more physicality, more subtle, you know, subtle stuff, and everything in between. Some comedic moments, so you get you can get a bit, a bit more cartoony with cartoony characters. It was really a, a, a varied film, a film in, in that regard. Um, but uh, yeah, when I heard that Little Prince is is going on in the background, I was like, I have to be amazing. That. I love that one. Yeah. Real quick, because I want to go into Little Prince, but um, you know, one of the things that we try to do here at iAnimate is mimic um, kind of that dailies and, and environment type um, feel. What were some of the things that you, when you went into your first feature one with Mune, 
that helped prepare you from iAnimate? And what were some of the things that were still surprising for you being there? Um, I think the last, taking the last workshop with Ted was very useful in terms of, of maintaining structure. Um, mm -hmm. I think uh, uh, the way he, um, at the time, I don't know if he still does it that way, uh, he, he really maintained uh, showing things uh, in a proper um, blocking spline polish mm -hmm. uh, manner. And that's something that, you know, really took to heart and, and maintained throughout the, the first year of actually working on a, on a feature. Um, and it helped because there were a bunch of a bunch of people on the show that were uh, working that way, and and you know it kind of clicked in. Uh, in a way, I kind of slipped in through the cracks for Mune uh, because uh, I, it was my first gig, but I somehow came in uh, as a mid, so I was given better shots. Okay, but I didn't get the idea until a while into the film. Uh, but it was it was good for me. It was it was really uh, kind of pushing. Um, did you feel did you feel that challenge initially, or is that something that you felt kind of comfortable with? But it wasn't comfortable at all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was uh, it, it was um, the bar was high for me. Uh, not doing this professionally before, just you know, falling robots and, and crazy monsters and stuff. Uh -huh. The only performance-based stuff that I knew was from the 11 Second Club stuff that I did and everything I did at iAnimate. Right, right. But then it, when when somebody pays you for it, it kind of changes the whole thing and you feel like you're obligated to, you know, really do a good job and be a professional. And and, and it's it, the, the schedule is different and uh, everything else. So that's something that I, I really took from, from iAnimate because, again, uh, the structure and, and having to, um, no matter where you are, uh, if come you know comes time to to submit something for class, it needs to be the best thing they can do. Very cool. It doesn't matter if you had a tough week or easy week. It doesn't matter. It, it needs to be there. So that was that was great. Very cool. Oh, that's great to hear. Um, what were some of the other um, lifesavers as you know your first year in that production environment that you kind of that helped you, particularly as you said, kind of hitting in a mid level? Um, what were some of the lifesavers that basically made you not? turn around and quit and go, man, this is, I'm not cut out for this or. Um... I think the team, I think okay. the team, having, having, and that's again, something that I remember from, you know, I had, I was very fortunate when I went through the, the school to, to have awesome people like, uh, you know, name dropping Martin Smith uh, to kind of bounce, bounce shots again, uh, you know, against and, and really talk about um, how we can push each other and, and make things better and, and, that stayed the same production. I just found a few people that I uh, really trusted their uh, their opinion and, and the professional um, kind of manner they were carrying themselves and bouncing shots and ideas against them and, and seeing where I could push myself. And if you do that before you show your lead or before you show your soup, you know you look good because gotcha. you get you get good feedback and <clears throat> it's good for everybody. So that was something again that was very useful. So Martin was on Mune um, as well? Uh, no, no. Okay, so someone you can kind of shoot back and uh, examples well, yeah, from. Yeah, it was the same principle. Of, of gotcha, okay. A, a nice person that you can uh, communicate with and, and uh, really- I gotcha. Yeah. Very cool, very cool. A support structure. That's right. Get So that way you don't crack there, huh? <laughs> you have someone with you. 
It's hard. It's hard. Some people um, don't really do that and, you know, suffer in silence. And, and it's, it's a shame because yeah. it's a group effort. No matter how you look at it, every shot and feature film is going to have some sort of feedback from a lot of people. And you want that feedback early because that's where it can really help the shot and make it easier for you. That's uh, a great way to, to look at it for sure. Yeah. Um, so from that project, then you went on to Little Prince. Did you guys have any idea that this was going to be do as well, or at least uh, receive as well as um, as it I had did, been? I didn't know, and you never know with film. And the more uh, films I'm part of, the more I notice how crazy it is, and and you can't really you can't foresee something succeeding or not, and and how it's going to be received. Uh, but for Lil Prince, I grew up with the book. Mm. So to me, it was um, a combination of knowing, you know, Mark, Mark Osborne coming in from, you know, um, Kung Fu Panda and, and directing this amazing book that I grew up with. There is basically there's no there, there was no way uh, for me not to kind of fight, fight to get onto it. Gotcha. <laughs> really kind of force myself kind of squeeze myself into that production um and i'm i'm absolutely um lucky to have been part of it it was a great experience that would seem like that would be a project that you yeah just felt like uh yeah lucky to be a part of huh right it's one of those things that um to me at least changed my almost perception about uh feature animation because it was so early in in my career um, it really influenced how I see uh, performance based on how um, Mark was, was uh, directing the film and, and not having to move the character when the character doesn't need to move and mm. having uh, the, that powerful um, power projection uh, that you can use for a character that's absolutely still. Um, valid lesson. Absolutely. Very cool. No, that's fantastic. Yeah, not just moving something because it's animation, right? But removing it with purpose or not in that case. Yep. Yeah, for sure. And the, and the story was just um, so delicate and, mm -hmm. and yeah. so, um, so human. Yeah. And again, how often do you see that in, in, in animated film? Right. Is, um, yeah. And it's been a while since I've seen that one, but that one had a, uh, multiple different looks too, if I remember correctly. Uh, two. Oh, well, um, there was the CG part, which we were um, in charge of, and then uh, the stop motion. Right. Were basically the throwbacks uh, directly from the film. Uh, yeah. From the, sorry. Uh, and that had the progression. So they started with very flat uh, cutout type mm -hmm. uh, stop motion. And then as the film progressed, it became more and more three dimensional. It yeah. Funny. Yeah. It was just a lot of character in that film. Um, and just kind of, again, like that unique style too, that I really just uh, gravitated towards. It was really right. cute. So that was a book beforehand. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's uh, I think that the, one of the most um, translated books in the world after the Bible. Wow. And uh, I'm actually now hanging my head in shame since I said, I didn't know, <laughs> know it. Uh, it's, it's less known. So my surprise was coming from Israel my surprise was it's not, it wasn't as well known in North America. Okay. That makes me feel much better. <laughs> Absolutely. No, it's, you're not alone. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, I think it's, uh, it was very popular in Europe. Uh, okay. Um, 
But yeah, I think it was written by Exupéry, who was he's a he was a French, but he lived in New York at the time. So okay. there's a lot of different kind of feels uh, connected to the book, uh, to the book. But um, yeah, worth a read. Very it's, cool. I'll have to check that one out. Definitely. Um, so now from uh, that was at Micros, right? Mm-hmm. And from there, where did you head off to? So after Little Prince, I got a phone call from my previous uh, instructor, Ted. That's right. At Atelier, right? At Atelier. And uh, he said that he is going, he's moving uh, back home to Montreal. He was uh, at DreamWorks at the time. Uh-huh. Uh, and he's going to supervise this, um, this film called uh, Ballerina. And uh, he asked if I wanted to be one of his leads. And I immediately told him that it's uh, probably not a good idea because I, <laughs> I don't have enough experience. Uh, <laughs> but he had he had a lot of trust in me and uh, and you know gave me the opportunity and I'm very thankful for that. Yeah, yeah, great experience. Now that's where you worked out with uh, Martin, right? That was uh, the first time we uh, professionally worked together. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Sorry. And um, some people you worked with on for your short, and we'll get into your short. But I noticed uh, India was on that one as well, right? Correct. Yeah. Um, who else from that team that you, did you work on with for your short? Um, Is there anybody else? There, there, there are people. Um, um, it's all kind of probably a blur now, yeah, huh? I'm, I'm going to black out on a few. No, understandable. The only reason why I ask is because I think Martin had put together some type of really cool video. And we've had Martin in on a podcast. Actually, it was with Ted um, Martin in India. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe I'll put this in our show notes. Um, and it was shortly after um, Ballerina slash Leap. And right. um, I love Martin. Martin's just, he's awesome. So he was a term after uh, the second term, I think. And uh, just an amazing guy. And uh, so he put together a really cool video, I think, of your guys' time there. And it just looked like a really neat group of people that um, Ted had assembled or the team had assembled uh, for this particular project. And so, as I said, it looked like a cool, unique team that now you worked with even later on such stuff as your own short. Absolutely. It was it was a very unique experience. Um, For one, a lot of people that I worked with um, on Little Prince uh, kind of came with me to to work on ballerina, so that was there was a lot of trust and a lot of uh, uh, camaraderie that we already had uh, coming in, and then obviously the connection to Ted and the connection to Animate, and you know uh, knowing people, some people from school, some people from working on previous films. It was, it was almost uh, like hitting the ground running in a way on a human level, which is super important. It's almost more important than you know than the, the skills. Right. Uh, because then people tend to listen to each other more and give respect and be open to critique more. And it, it was just great. Uh, the film itself was very, very challenging because it was dance. And, and you know, what do I know about dance? <laughs> it, was, uh, it was, yeah, it was very challenging. Now, one of the things I really loved um, about that film was, let me see how I can explain this, the, the, the high quality and fidelity of the project on a smaller budget mm-hmm. um, compared to someone like a, a DreamWorks or a, a Pixar. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you mentioned yourself, you know, when he said, I want you as a lead, you said, Hey, look, I don't, you know, I don't know if that's a great idea. So a lot of you guys were, were fairly um, young ish, so to speak. Right. Like you mentioned, you had some um, experience in your belt. You guys had done some feature, but still mm-hmm. young. Right. And to see what you guys were able to do on that project with a smaller budget, a more green team, 
um, was just really phenomenal. It looked fantastic. Was there anything that you felt during your time there that either as a team or Ted or the, the, the company was able to really pull out all the juices there, so to speak, to be able to get that high fidelity on the, on the screen. To reiterate, I really think it's the, it's the human connection. The gotcha. fact that a lot of us were really uh, close friends and, and it showed on screen. Gotcha. Um, it was a, uh, it was a very small team, but very close knit team. And we always hanged out together and, um, yeah, it was, that's uh, awesome. It was great. And, and there was a lot of synergy uh, while working on shots. Um, um, a lot of uh, people helping each other. So it was great. And yeah, we were, most of us, if not all of us were green or at least um, doing this for the first time, whatever title you had, that was probably your first title. <laughs> um, you know, some having, you know, that film as a, as a first film, some, you know, like myself, first time lead and, and so forth. So, so in that regard, there was more humility. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we're figuring it out as we go. Um, and maybe that's what's coming through, but it's also the, uh, there was great design for the show, great design characters and writing yeah. was, uh, beautiful. And, you know, um, the, the best storyboards or more best looking storyboards I've ever seen. Really? For that, for that film. Yeah. Do you know um, who, who worked on the boards? Quite a few artists. I can't remember names. Okay. But if they ever make a book, you should. Probably. Okay. <laughs> then we wanted to check out for sure, huh? Very nice. Yeah. Now, how did that help you with the boards? Being, was it something that it had a lot of the planning already kind of really solidly worked out? Or how, when you say that was beneficial, how did that work out for you? Yes. So the, the boards are very specific, which always helps. Okay. Uh, but also inspiring. So to me, huh. I'm in department before your department does something above and beyond it makes you really want to push yourself. Very cool. So, right. So when you see boards that are really th- like thought out, um, I always refer to the Jeff Darrow bo- boards from the matrix, right? They almost made the matrix as a graphic novel. It's so amazing. Uh, so that type of level is, is only, always going to give the next department like a higher benchmark. Okay. Now we got it. Yeah. Yeah. So They're always, higher up on that ladder. Now we have to supersede that. Huh? Right. Right. Gotcha. Anyway, no way. Yeah. I think it's human nature, right? You, you see something <laughs> like really cool and you want to make, you know, something as cool. Um, yeah. So that was great. Very neat. Um, now, how was it your time leading on that? Cause you mentioned that was your first time, anything particular that you kind of, again, we talked about earlier um, going into the podcast, any light bulb moments, any ahas, things that were um, again, unexpected or how did, how did it, being a lead for you first time work out? To me, um, the most of the aha moments were basically because I made so many mistakes. Uh, I just, I, I did so many things wrong, uh, and the aha moments were basically after you know making a mistake, like taking a huge seven hundred frame shot while I had like three sequences I was leading. <laughs> so when you when do you do that, and how do you focus on making the shot the best they can be? Well, so most of it was um, about the aha moments were, were for me as a lead. Uh, to know to take less and and take less on and 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 animate smaller shots and and take breaks creatively because you can't burn yourself out as an artist and also uh, give the support you need uh, as a lead. Gotcha. You can't do both. Uh, so um, 
when I took that on to my um, next lead gig, which was two years after uh, at Braun, um, I really took that to heart. So I took a lot less shots and I really tried to focus on the shots for the team and, and, and helping the team out uh, and really give the focus they needed. And if I had time, I, I took some work for myself. But Gotcha. Yeah, basically That's great. being less greedy. Yeah, yeah. As I say, you can't do it all. There, I, I love this quote from a gentleman, Thomas Sowell. He said, "There are no solutions. There's only trade-offs. So you've got to you got to figure one way out the other. If I take on too much, the trade-off is I can't get it all done very well, or something. You know, great so, quote. Yeah, yeah. So you got to figure something out. And that's great though. And I love that because you're saying, um, kind of what's best for the team, what's best for the the project, um, and uh, to be able to do that well. That's right. great. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, that was the last film there. Did you work on any of the stuff they did for Netflix or did you head out from? No, um, just before the end of Ballerina, um, I got a call from Blue Sky uh, and I was offered to come down um, to work on their um, latest and now apparently last Ice Age movie. Right. Uh, And... That was to me, uh, that was pretty insane to me because I, I always loved Blue Sky. Uh, the, their films, their, the level of animation was mind blowing. And I, I, it was one of my dreams to get you know, to a point where I'm able to, um, to, to animate for them. Right. So it was a no brainer. Um, I went down there and uh, I was lucky enough to be there on, on two films. Very cool. Um, so That's I, it. Right. Hugely talented team there. Um, definitely a shame is what's happened here. Um, I'm sure a lot of them will uh, get picked up quickly and uh, move on to other studios and be uh, an asset there. But yeah, definitely a talented, talented crew there. Some of the best in the world, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, again, what did you learn during your time there? What were some of the, you know, you mentioned that just an opportunity to work there. What were some of the key things there that you've taken now for your career? The biggest thing I, I, I took from being at Blue Sky for two years was design, I think. Design How so? And, design and animation. Um, up until then, I felt like I moved things around based on, you know, reference and thumbnails and, and ideas of, of what nice fluid motion looks like. But there's so much more thought um, in designing the pose, design okay. appeal, designing the you know the the curve straights and 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 everything in between. And, nice. Uh, taking that was one thing, and then the second thing, which was the bigger thing for me personally, uh, was to slow down. Okay. As an animator. To- how do you how? Okay, let me ask you this then, and I'll have you explain that then. How do you do that while having uh, deadlines? You have to, I think in a, in a way it works itself out because when you slow down, you tend to be able to think about your choices more Okay. and to have less rounds, you know, less rounds in the ring <laughs> the director because you, you tend to hit the tone and the visual a bit better because you just think about it a little bit more. Okay. Uh, so in a way, at the beginning, yeah, it's, it slows you down and you miss some deadlines. But in the long run, it makes your animation uh, more solidified and, and gives you this um, extra 
um, you know, extra wind almost to um, to be confident in every um, in every dailies, right? Because you thought about it. Gotcha. The pose you just put up there and just handed it over. Mm-hmm. You really tried the pose and then tried another one and then tweaked it and then flipped and then went to lunch, come back, check it. Is it good enough? Can I push this a little bit more? And you do that a bunch of times and you start training your eye. And gotcha. I had amazing, amazing mentors over there um, that really pushed me and helped me get out of the mode of just animating fast because that's kind of, that was my thing when I was um, in Montreal, just footage, just make, uh, you know, feature quality uh, footage as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it was it was great to to look at it from another perspective. Now, did being at a bigger studio with more funding um, afford that, or was it just more of a different? Can that translate outside of that as well? Let me ask you that. It absolutely can. Okay. Absolutely. absolutely. I didn't feel like I had like an abundance of time on on any. Gotcha. It just it, be more strategic, so more methodical, better right. planning. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Um, it was also to me a bit of a, um, uh, a chance to take a, a br- in, in some regards, a breather because I didn't have to look at other people's uh, shot and, and help them out or, or you know, uh, go to a lot of meetings. I was just able to sit down and animate. Um, so in that regard, I was I was still, you know, hitting those deadlines with the ability of, of spending a bit more time on it. So maybe, you know, it's like uh, working out and then you go and you, you do everything faster because, you know, your muscles are, are, are kind of uh, pumped. But um, um, yeah, it was really, again, the, the, the biggest thing that I've learned was, was to really think about posing, to really think about um, how to make the character look the best they could with the, you know, um, clearest view of what the shot needs to be. Um, nice. Yeah. Any particular, you mentioned um, mentors there for you that any particular ones that uh, were kind of standouts for you? Um, maybe even what a short time, but you know, I caught something that he or she said. There is too many. There okay. Is, uh, too many. <laughs> I like that. Um, uh, I, I, I don't want to miss any names, but. Okay. That's what uh, I say. I'm thinking I like that because it's safe and probably true. So. <laughs> it, is, it is. I, I, at the time was there and I'm, I'm sure after as well, there weren't uh, really people who uh, didn't belong there. They all were amazing animators, all better than me. And, and I was very lucky to, you know, be there and just kind of absorb like a sponge as much as I could. Very neat. So now you mentioned you worked on two projects there. That was um, Ice Age. Uh, what was it? The cl- uh... Five. <laughs> okay, five. <laughs> That's the best way to remember it. Okay. Uh, yeah, um, so that was that was a, a fun experience on its own. Um, I think, you know, some people were there from, you know, the animated on the first and second. Right. So to them, it was like, yeah, you know, all right, then let's do another one. But for me, it was like, can I animate Scrap, please? Yeah. <laughs> was so, there any adjustment with the style from your previous projects that you've worked on? Huge, because it okay. was... It was, it was the, really the first time I, I worked on that cartoonier show. Okay. Um, so again, lots of, lots of tutoring from a lot of very, uh, um, you know, uh, amazing people over there trying to really explain to me what cartoony really means. Because to me at the time, cartoony was just fast, fast. Right. Just 
move faster and then hold frames longer. <laughs> uh, and that really wasn't wasn't the, the entire picture, right? It's it's a lot of it is about making things clearer. Um, and again, and, and the, the design of the pose and, and making the choices uh, still somewhat grounded, but also pushed. Gotcha. Um, right. And and to me, it was looking at looking at shots, just opening uh, old shots from from other movies, and you know when you're uh, at a big studio, you can dig in and kind of uh, find shots from years back and look at you know just look at specific animators you really like and, and study it. Um, I didn't get to the point where I opened uh, shots, but I I, uh, I I definitely did my studying on, on other people's. Very uh, cool, very cool. Um, and then from that one, you went to Ferdinand, which is the poster I see behind you, right? Uh, yeah, this one. Yeah. Um, Fer yeah. Ferdinand was, yeah, it was a huge lift for me. It was How first, so? It was a quadruped movie. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, other than a few wolves, I had uh, awkwardly jumping in one of the uh, VFX shows I worked on uh, years before. I really didn't have any experience with animating quadrupeds, not mm. to mention, you know, uh, cartoony performance on top of it or believable uh, performance on top of it. So that was uh, that was quite the challenge, and uh, it was it was scary, but it was um, amazing to be able to get your you know my brain around it, so I can actually take on more and more shots and be comfortable with it. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, was there anything you know? As you know, we have artists that listen to this podcast. Was there anything that helped you get up to speed on stuff like that? That you would go, "Hey, look! If I can give you any advice, jumping into new shots, whether it be flight or quadruped or something like that, this is what I'd recommend." Well, we all had a huge amount of uh, data to look at uh, in terms of uh, like the libraries. We were able to watch, and, and a lot of guys went to actually to farms and and shot bulls and and uh, gave us. Uh, a lot of footage to go through for reference. Gotcha. However, um, I found that myself and a lot of uh, other animators relied mostly on the performance first and then the mechanics later. Gotcha. Okay. Because at the end of the day, it was still a cartoonier show. Right. And you really wanted to have the, um, you know, the, the center of gravity, the COG, the chest, the, 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 the neck, the head uh, really, uh, deliver these lines in a believable way with a, a certain tone and what the legs did under it just needed to be believable enough so a lot of the times uh what i've learned and the way i've carried myself almost throughout the show was to animate the torso which is kind of this way right for quadrupeds uh -huh. uh, with the head and neck get to the point where you have really solid blocking uh delivering the tone of the shot uh, with like super basic dialogue and then start figuring out you kind of counter animate footfalls uh, <laughs> and make the legs work gotcha. uh, because at the end of the day um, it is about those energy moves and those weight shifts and if you force them in the body um, you can make the legs kind of uh, work for you later but if you just decide on you know the footfalls and steps and stops and all that stuff uh, with everything visible, to me, it was just, uh, it became a, a, a knot of, of just too much information. Gotcha. You really couldn't make um, clean and appealing animation out of, for me. Gotcha. No, that makes sense. I think um, Mike Safianoff, 
Mm-hmm. Um, he had a uh, really, really talented animator. He had a uh, post, I think some of his breakdown on Ferdinand. Yep. He had just uh, the legs all invisible. You could just see the upper torso and just kind of walking. I think it was like um, smelling uh, the flowers and kind of going yeah, down a, a hallway. Yeah. Something yeah. along that lines. And uh, same thing, just how he kind of broke it out. And it sounds very similar. To what uh, yeah, it is similar because I took a lot of uh, notes from Mike and uh, okay. Mike, uh, <laughs> But yeah, that's, uh, that's really the, if the focus of the shot is the performance, then that's the thing that needs to be there from the beginning. Gotcha. Right. Uh, and the walking can, you know, sort itself out later. It's gotcha. almost like animating a, a biped, a human being, and you're not seeing the legs. You're going to animate the footfalls, uh, basically, uh, not to, you know, a polished level because you don't see them. Right. But it's not what really matters. What really matters is the feel of the weight shifts and when the accents happen. Uh, so it's the same idea. Very cool. That's fantastic, man. And then, so Blue Sky brought you to... Let's see. Braun. Braun. Okay. And uh, just a FYI, we actually had a podcast with Wes Mandel. All right. Um, yeah, on the Willoughby's. Um, really cool guy. Uh, great podcast. Definitely check that one out too, uh, audience. Um, I'll try to leave that in the show notes as well. Um, but Willoughby's very, very fun, unique, different, um, but a fun, fun show. So tell us about your time on that one. So Willoughby's was my uh, uh, my way back into uh, into becoming a lead uh, on a on a feature. And I tried to implement a lot of the stuff that I talked before about the stuff that I did uh, wrong uh, as my, <laughs> uh, my, in my first gig. Um, so I took a lot less shots and focused a lot more on the team. And um, and I tried this. Another thing that I learned at Blue Sky from a lot of talented friends are drawing, uh, drawing over your shots. Mm. Uh, it's just... Um, a great tool to to have and because I was always I always drew and I never in my in my mind I was never able to combine that you know path of of illustration with the path of animation it was always like this is in the computer this is on paper gotcha you know in photoshop um so to me that was um a great opportunity to take people's shots take my team's shots and help out by drawing over instead of just going into Maya or or giving them verbal feedback. I was taking shots and and you know pushing the appeal, pushing clarity, uh, and that became the thing that I I did for most of the show. So that was really really uh, fun, and um, I uh, learned a lot from it myself. Just you know getting better at, at, at giving feedback and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it would. I mean, maybe it's just me. Um... I'm a very visual learner, but it would seem like most of the people in our industry are probably somewhat similar. I'd imagine because we're in a visual type medium and um, kind of that same type of uh, maybe personality to a certain degree. And so that would seem like that would be a huge advantage. Um, I, I love, uh, I work with my brother, he draws over and things of that nature. Just, it's, it's like, okay, I see what you're talking about here, or it's, it's much clearer. So um, it's neat to be able to see you pull from, you know, your childhood of drawing and pulling into a part where you're leading teams and able to use that now. Right. Somehow in my small brain, I wasn't able to make that connection before because in art school, 
my illustration teachers always put like parchment paper on top of your drawing and kind of direction. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't like it was a new idea. It was just to me a different industry. So I really never mixed the two together. Gotcha. Uh, never again. Now I know. Um, yeah. Now the team there at Braun, was it much bigger than the one you had at L'Atelier when you were leading? Not at all. I think it was actually a bit smaller. Really? Okay. I think so. Um, I think so. It was it was relatively comparable, huh? Relatively similar. So in the thirty-ish number. Okay, well that's actually a decent sized crew then. Yeah, I think uh, Latelier we had about um, no, maybe you're right. Latelier we had about twenty-eight. Okay. Thirty-two. It, it changes over the the course of the film, and then uh, for uh, Willoughby's we had again between twenty-six and thirty. It depends on when in the film you're talking. But yeah. Um, Super, super fun production. Yeah. Uh, very talented animators. Chris Pern, the director, is, um, you know, a force of nature. <laughs> you can tell by watching the film, you know, and uh, <laughs> you can see his fingerprints all over, you know, the first cloud he was head of story. Uh -huh. You know, remarkable uh, director. And um, yeah, it was tremendous fun to work on. Yeah. And I... I just my personality. I love quirky. Um, one of my favorite all-time shows uh, growing up and then even on Netflix is uh, MST3K, Mystery Science Theater 3000. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with that, any of our fans out there. Um, um, never, never watched it, but... <laughs> okay. <laughs> Basically, what they do is they take old cheesy movies mm -hmm. and they ad-lib over it. And so it's just, it's hilarious. But I, my point being is I love that quirkiness. Um, so you talk about the first Cloudy, it's one of my favorites. And then this Willoughby, this was very much in that same vein where it's just that quirky, weird, kind of funny. Um, and so, yeah, I could see where that would be a lot of fun to, to work on. Um, it looked like too, then you're able to take a lot of the cartoony stuff that you learned from Blue Sky into that same uh, vein yeah. in regards to timing and things like that. Right. Right. Especially, yeah, timing and push poses and, and you know, um, I've never worked on film that um, used twos in the same way. Uh -huh. um, everything was blind before in my experience, but uh, that was, um, it was a lot of uh, fun to try and make things work smoothly and gracefully on twos. It was, uh -huh. um, it was great. It was, uh, again, another new challenge, but to me, that's, that's what's fun about this industry where you don't know what the next film is going to give you in terms right. of the challenge just means something cool and new. That's going to be a little bit difficult, but you don't want the same over and over again. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Anything in particular you learned on working with twos stuff you can kind of um, yeah. maybe cheat as far as timing wise. Uh, I can get this kind of, you know, I can get more footage in during this time. Or did you find that um, in other stuff, you go, hey, I'd be able to kind of do something here in, in polish and spline that I'm not able to do here um, on these twos because it just doesn't look the same. Well, the surprising thing is um, it's like uh, it's like a fish in a bowl, right? It just grows to the size of the bowl. At the end of the day, you spend the same amount of time on the shot because uh, twos, you just need to know a lot you need to plan a lot better your eases, right? And you're in your timing and you need to work your posing uh, better because you can't really hide anything. And uh, you can hide things in motion, but not in posing. So at the end of the day, 
it was almost the same amount of time to spend <laughs> on it. Uh, and the designs were hilarious and amazing, but super hard to animate, especially believable performance. We had characters that were basically, you know, uh, they were Q-tips. They didn't have, they have super long necks, almost no shoulders. Mm-hmm. Like you can't do any of this or, or do anything. <laughs> yeah. like, really, you need to be able to utilize to show some contrast and to show, um, um, uh, you know, any any change in, in direction or angle will give you a bit of a different idea of tone. You couldn't do any of that. Gotcha. There were like balloons on, on a string. Um, so, yeah, it was all those challenges basically even out to the fact that you don't need to spline something. Like we got good news and bad news. We're, good news is we're going to be on two. So you might have a little more time here, but then we're going to take it by giving you these characters that look like balloons on a string. So exactly. exactly. <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I think it worked out nicely at the end of the day. Yeah. Very, very cute. And uh, like I said, uh, unique. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, so now was that the only project you'd work on there at Braun? Uh, I did help a little bit on a previous film they worked on. Um, I came on to help at doing some retakes. Um, but yeah, most of the time at Braun was uh, spent on that. And then after Willoughby's uh, uh, wrapped, I stayed at Braun for a little bit longer <clears throat> doing character design. Okay. I've been doing throughout the years. Um, uh, mostly for myself, but also for side projects and um, something that I was pushing along with, you know, the animation skills because I wanted to do my own things, uh, and I wasn't—I I wanted to be able to control the, you know, uh, the look of, of films that I'm—I wanted to make. Uh, so that was always something that I wanted to do. It, Braun gave me the opportunity to actually, you know, design a lot of characters on on the show that we're working on right now. So that that's was, awesome. Was great, yeah. So animator, writer, director, character designer—you're wearing a lot of hats. Well, all of the above are, you know, uh, just the starting point. Right now, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm, in, I'm a noob. I'm, I'm, tr- I'm, I'm learning how to do all these things. And uh, it's just, I'm, I'm extremely hungry uh, and I, I want to kind of taste everything. And to mm-hmm. me, you know, character design and, and, you know, writing, directing and animating is, is all giving me different types of thrills and, and, and you know, uh, feedback. So to me, it's, making my own film at the end of the day is kind of a culmination of everything. Uh, <laughs> uh, so without knowing my gut ca- kind of led me to, to start making my own things uh, on the side. Um, and yeah, I've been, I've been doing that for the past four plus years, um, developing things and kind of pushing stuff. That's awesome. Well, I think it's a nice segue then let's talk about your, your short um, too late. Is that the name of it? Okay, as I was talking with you about beforehand, um, I hadn't seen any trailer. I think I talked with you at CTN, which I man, desperately missed. That was a wonderful, this was really cool, man, to be able to talk with you again. Um, you know, for those that are listening here, CTN is just an awesome show where people from around the world that we get to interact with gets it's an annual time to see each other face to face. So this is really cool. I really appreciate, again, your time on this because it's been neat to be able to talk with you. Um, I missed that face-to-face one, but, um, this will have to do. Um, but yeah, CTN is when I talked with you about your, um, project too late. Right. And, uh, I didn't see anything of it other than the flyer that you'd given me. And, mm-hmm. uh, when I first watched it, I was like, Whoa, this is different. You know, it was, um, 
uh, a little um, not darker, but uh, what was what would be the word you'd kind of use for that? Suspenseful. I think that's a good one. Sure. Yeah. Okay. It's a thriller. It's a thriller. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You don't necessarily expect from you know from uh, animation. Uh, yeah, and I had no idea it was a thriller. So all of a sudden, it just kind of caught me by surprise there. Uh, but really, really nicely done, uh, both in the animation, the uh, story and pacing, um, some really thriller shots uh, and uh, in there that kind of took me back. Um, but the, the lighting, the compositing, just really top notch. Um, how did you pull that together there? Uh, amazing people. It's, uh, again, like what I said about Blue Sky and, and Latelier and, and Braun, it's just surrounding yourself with with good talented people is the only way to go uh, in animation in life in general but animation specifically mm. because it's so complex there's so many moving parts you need to be able to trust uh, a lot of people that know what they're doing to uh, to help you make this, this it's like you know building a huge ocean liner uh, <laughs> there's so much to do um, you can't do it all yourself so yeah. I, I did wear a lot of hats, but at the end of the day, you know, most of the hands-on stuff were just people giving from their time. So a lot of the people that I met over the years and worked with over the years and good friends of mine, uh, I kind of collected and, and uh, were kind enough to lend me of their uh, personal time to work on this thing. I did notice quite a few names in there from uh, iNimate as well. Yeah, that's true. Where is it here? I have it somewhere. Um, Robbie Rayo is in there, mm -hmm. Mabel Tan, Lorenzo, and I can't pronounce his last name. Color. Do you know what I'm talking about? What is it? I, I'm going to butcher I can, it. I can't but I'm going to butcher it. Uh, uh, Kimberly Allen, India, uh, Barndondo, and then Martin Smith as well. So yeah, a lot of people from my animate I noticed were on there, which is really just cool, um, that, that connection during that time. Um, absolutely absolutely and uh yeah it was um it was a no-brainer bringing friends over uh was a no-brainer it was a bigger question for people you know volunteering from their time because at the end of the day you are committing to um you know to something that you don't know when is going to be finished and and what it's going to do how it's going to look there was a lot of trust that people put in me uh and i'm forever grateful um, at the end of the day, it was a, sh a short film that um, I, I chose the simplest, uh, like I had a few stories, I, I chose the simplest, smallest <laughs> that I had, because I really wanted to do, to do this um, relatively quickly, so I'm able to get better and do more and more and more and more and more. It took longer than I expected. Uh, mostly because, you know, I ended up moving in the middle uh, and doing a lot of uh, work at work. Uh, and had a kid uh, in the middle of this as well. So um, at the end of the day, it took it took a bit longer, but I'm I'm super thrilled about the, uh, the end result. And uh, yeah, now I'm I'm working on uh, on my second one. So awesome. Now, um, this being kind of your own independent, how did you come up with the pipeline, with the um, you know workflow, asset management, things of that nature? How did you develop that? uh learned on the go okay um anything you know, particular you used well google drive was basically our pipeline okay <laughs> which is uh you know 
the only way at the time I knew how to even uh, transfer information between people uh, and the ability to sync so everybody can get their own shot uh, yeah. and have assets updated when they, uh, you know, when they open the shot and make sure the references are up to date. Um, again, it's not, it wasn't built for that. So we had a lot of technical issues along the way. Um, at the end of the day, because the core group was so small, we were about eight to 10 people. We, everybody was really hands-on. I was going to say, it keeps that. it pretty nimble, huh? We had to. At the end of the day, uh, there were about 40 people that helped out on the wow. show. Okay. So most people had time to, you know, do one asset or one texture or animate one shot. Um, and anything they, you know, people uh, were willing to help with was amazing. And, and, you know, we're grateful. Uh, but the, the core uh, crew was, was much smaller. And those are people that were in there for, for the long run. Um, and uh, yeah, the, the, the way we worked on it was in a way similar to L'Atelier where uh, a lot of the titles we took, the hats we wore, were something that we didn't do uh, at our day job or haven't had a chance to kind of prove ourselves in. So I didn't direct anything beforehand. Um, and gotcha. so I did that. And then a friend of mine who's a concept artist, um, you know, the amazing Pierre McGowan, uh, it was his uh, first gig as a, as a full-on production designer. And he did brilliantly uh, with the film. It looks amazing. Um, you had some really cool uh, special effects in there too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah it's uh, mind-blowing. We had the, uh, our lead effects uh, artist, Han Yang, was uh, doing amazing, amazing work with, with you know, very little time. Um, and uh, yeah, like... Um, well, fifth time we, we mentioned his name again, Martin Smith, uh, who, uh, edited the whole thing. Uh, wow, okay. So that was a huge commitment as well, because that was a good few years of, of putting, you know, uh, putting time aside to, to making this thing really kind of click together. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, it worked out at the end. It was now, hard. What was the genesis of this? Where did the story come from? story came from... Uh, it, it started off at art school where uh, to make a living, I had to work night shifts. Um, so I ended up being, I, I was at a call center um, in Jerusalem and I couldn't, I couldn't sleep because phones, phone calls come in through the night <laughs> and you're not supposed to sleep. You're supposed to do this and then go to sleep. Right. But I, I was in art school. So I had to wake, wake up. I had to, check out at the end of the shift and then go to school for the whole day to kind of, you know, defend your work on the wall. And uh, it broke me in so many ways. <laughs> uh, and, and you learn, you learn a lot about yourself and your limitations and, and, you know, your psyche and your physical well-being. And, and uh, I took a lot from it moving forward. And one part of it was uh, seeing things repeat again and again, and that was when I was in, you know, working in commercials, I did a lot of, you know, 24 hour shifts, for instance, stuff, crazy stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, you know, working in visual effects and, and you know, having close people to me um, doing like dailies at 2 a.m., you know, stuff, crazy stuff. Uh, the, the lack of work-life balance is, is jarring to me in a lot of the industries mm. uh, that I've seen. And um, it was something that I, I felt I cared enough about to spend a good chunk of time on 
to make you know a, a short subject uh, film about. Yeah, definitely something I think uh, we can all kind of relate to for sure, huh? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. How did did you? Um, I know you had it on some uh, festivals and things of that nature. How was it received? It was. Uh, it surprised us all. Uh, <laughs> We sent it to uh, we sent it to a couple of festivals and then it started getting accepted. So we sent it to some more and some more and some more. It's been o- over forty festivals so far. Wow! Uh, and it won a bunch of awards, which we're really grateful for. Um, Congratulations, man! Thank you. It's it's really mind blowing. Um, and I think yeah, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe uh, some people connect with with this this reality, this this question. Um, but at the end of the day, it's still a super simple idea, super simple and short film about somebody trying to go home. And maybe that's why people connected with it. Yeah, yeah. As just, you know, as you mentioned, even being a student at uh, getting up or for I animate you, I have to get up and there's times when we just need to do that. And like you said, at some point that there's got to be that work-life balance as well. So I think, like I said, just at some point, all of us have been in situations where we've had a grind and put in the extra time. Um, so yeah, definitely something I think we're, we can relate to. So, right. And the irony is not missed on me that, you know, we did this film in overtime basically. <laughs> everybody on the film, we didn't have any, any students or barely any, any students working on the film. Everybody was, you know, a professional spending the whole day at work. And then, you know, in the, in the evening or weekend, uh, gave them their time to work. Right. <laughs> It's kind of like, uh, yeah, it's kind of a, a hard truth to accept, but it was, it was part of it. Yeah. Now you did mention that there was quite a few people on this and some would handle a asset. Did you find that having a larger, um, pool made it easier where I, I guess the, um, the workloads kind of spread a little more thin. Did you find that worked out well for the artist, but maybe maybe a little bit more difficult for you to find more artists. Um, it was, it, it was the most difficult thing for me was in both animation and lighting. Um, everything before that we, we managed with a smaller team. Once we started animation, we needed more people. Right. And it's really hard to find people that have time uh, to work on a short with no finance, uh, and you know, not it's not everybody's cup of tea. It's still a thriller. It's still a little bit darker. Um, you know, it was it was challenging, and uh, we had to um, you know start. A lot of the times, people really want to be part of it and start a shot, but then they can't finish it because you know they they hit overtime at work, right. so they can't do it anymore. Um, so you have to move shots around a lot, a lot, but, um, we had to stay, you know, flexible and, and come up with creative solutions because at the end of the day, that's what, around 80 shots, I think in the film. Gotcha. Yeah. It's a five minutes. Yeah. Five minutes. Yeah. It's a great length, particularly for an independent short. Mm, Yeah. Well, that was, that was the point. Like I, I was thinking of how long am I going to be okay with watching myself? Um, and five minutes is kind of the, the, you know, the bracket where, you know, we feel confident that, yeah, let's watch this. It's five minutes. It's something, yeah. something psychological about the fact that it's, eh, it's only five minutes. Anything beyond that feels a little bit, uh, uh, more demanding for sometimes for me. Uh, but having said that my next film is probably going to be longer. So. <laughs> <laughs> it is, 
you, you need to, you know. You, you built to. up your reputation with this one, though, so people will check it out. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah, hope so. Do you have any ETA or, or, or um, wish list on when you went, when you want to get this one, next one out? Next one is going to be a bit different. Uh, I am in the midst of, of, of uh, searching for um, investors or funding or working within the studio system uh, to produce it. And, gotcha. You know, I have some, some kind of um, interested parties uh, um, possibly trying to make this work. Um, so if that's the case, then the turnaround time should be much, much uh, quicker. quicker. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to be able to, to, you know, do this in the same way again. And I'm not going to ask people that have given from the, for their time, uh, you know, on, on too late in particular to do this again without um, having some sort of conversation it has to be, you know, something that's valid, especially considering the second film is going to be bigger and everything is going to be more challenging and, you know, longer and, and uh, you know, with all the stuff that I've learned from the first one, implementing into the second one, it's gonna—it's just—it's a—it's a heavier lift. Gotcha. gotcha. And we really need to be able to have like a proper production running for that uh, for that one. Very nice. All right. And then um, to kind of finish off here, I know you're at Cinesite right now, right? Yep. So just kind of were you with Jason Ryan? I'm assuming at at that their feature. Uh, no, I'm in Vancouver. So oh, okay. Uh, in Montreal. Uh, yes. I'm in Vancouver. Ah, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, but uh, it's all part of the same big company. Right. So yeah, it's just kind of funny here. You are uh, kind of full circle. You know, here you are working with Jason. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so it's so strange, isn't it? It was uh, it's even even at the beginning uh, of my journey when I started working with people that were part of you know uh, films that I I love so much, like uh, you know Lil and Stitch and 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 DreamWorks stuff. It's it's um, it's weird, but it's it's really uh, it's really great. That's awesome. Uh, which one are you working on right now? If you could, are you able to talk about it? Uh, we're finishing off the sequel to the Adams Family right now. Okay. All right. All right. Did you work on Extinct at all? On what? Sorry. It was it Extinct? No. Okay. No, I, no I I started uh, I started with this film. Uh, okay. Yeah. And anything different from this film versus the last one, as far as uh, quality or because the last one actually seemed like it did pretty well it did very well yeah uh, i think i think um yeah the quality push uh, on all levels is is absolutely going to be there uh they hired a uh, head of animation that i worked with at blue sky uh that's an awesome awesome guy Grant very nice Sosa, who's uh who's really uh, pushing the quality on all fronts um yeah yeah, it's a, it's a bigger, better, you know, faster, everything. <laughs> <laughs> like what you want from a sequel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now your title there is a lead as well, right? Correct, yeah. Okay, Any, you know, this is your third time leading-ish? Because, you, yes. you know, anything different on this project? I know each studio has their own DNA and how they run things or, you know, different artists that you may be working with. Anything different that you've having to adapt here being a lead? Um the style of leadership here resembles more of what i knew from blue sky uh, okay. with again lots of drovers but because the film is is somewhere between the naturalistic and cartoony uh it, it leans a little bit back towards uh what blue sky um um was like in, in a way of of uh how you 
um, follow shot along from blocking to polish. Gotcha. So, so very similar. Um, yeah. Other than that, it's it's just a very challenging film with with you know uh, very um, strange and different characters. So it, it's like I said, every film is is a challenge on its own. Um, unless you're doing, but even if you're doing a sequel, right? Because uh, on Ice Age and both this one, um, you come onto a franchise, right? Uh, and you really need to hit the ground running, knowing how these characters like act and move, and and yeah, that's a challenge on its own. Yeah, time. yeah, you're right. building off of that now. Right, you can't drop the ball. You yeah. Need to know, <laughs> you know, what's the how how does that character walk from side to side? What you know type of arm gestures they use, and and what's too much on their facial expression. Right. Uh, <laughs> that's that's well known to you know half the team that worked on the previous film, but right. So yeah, there's always a challenge. Yeah, very cool. Well, Roy, we really appreciate your time on this. This is great getting to catch up with you. And I'm sure for our audience to hear from somebody who has been through some of the trenches here from, you know, iAnimate to Green to now having worked on multiple feature animated films. Um, it's just, and directing and um, your own short. It's just a really neat opportunity to get to, to talk with you. So really appreciate your time. Uh, best of luck. I'm sure we'll get you in again on another time when we I love that. I love on one of your new. Thank you so much for having me. This was yeah, really good. Absolutely. All right. With that, ladies and gentlemen, we're out. <laughs>